You can turn to your neighbor and say, vessel of power. Oh, you're not believing that. No, 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 you're not believing that. Say to your neighbor, you are a vessel of power. Now you ask your other neighbor, do you believe that? Now what does the neighbor say? Did they say yes or no, or do they keep quiet? Amen. Praise the Lord. You are a vessel of power. That's who you are. And in this day, God is going to do a mighty thing in your life. Amen. All of you that count yourselves spiritually a 2 out of 10, it's fine. Because after the sermon, you'll count yourself a 10 out of 10. Because that's how God has seen you. You see, the, 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 the most shocking thing of everything is God made us in His likeness and in His image. And He gave the instruction. He said, rule, reign, subdue, have dominion. He said it to Adam. Adam messed it up. Jesus came. Jesus said, rule, reign, have dominion, and subdue. And that's exactly what He did. We read the Mark chapter 1. Jesus comes. He brings heaven to earth. For the first time he ministers, he brings heaven to earth. He heals people, he sets people free. And at the end of the day, everyone of that city comes to his house. Why? Because he brings hope. You see, you are a fire carrier. You are a carrier of the Holy Spirit fire. That's who you are. So God say, says, if you want to be a vessel of power, you better clean out the house. You better clean out the house. You can put on that slide of cleaning out the house. That's where we are this morning. Because we must understand that we are not in this world for no reason at all. We are in this world for a reason and for a purpose. And I want you this morning not to go into sermon mode. Please do not go into sermon mode. If you see your neighbor goes into sermon mode, please stop the neighbor. Please bump the neighbor, shake the neighbor, hit the neighbor. Don't assault the neighbor. But I want to say to you that God is really are two kinds of people. They are children of God and they are children of the devil. Amen? As simple as that. Children of God, children of the devil. So you're either a child of God, John 1 verse 12, or you're a child of the devil, 1 John 3 verse 10 and many other verses. And if you're a child of God, you function under the power of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5 verse 18. Amen? You are under control of Holy Spirit. Because you must come to the place where, you have, where you've grown into the spiritual ladder and you've been born again, baptized in water, baptized with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12. And that's what we need to do is to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The whole of creation, Romans 8 verse 19, is awaiting the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. They're waiting for you. The guys out there are waiting for you that the power of God can flow through you because you are a vessel of power. It's been given you. But sometimes God gives us something. Sometimes people give you a gift and you don't open it. Is there anyone like that? No. Amazing, huh? Someone gives you a gift and you don't open it. Now, I have that weakness. I have that weakness. People give me gifts. But gifts is not my love language. I like to give gifts. But what God wants for you and I is to realize who we are in His kingdom. 
we really need to realize who we are in his kingdom. And that's what God wants to try and, I think, share with you this morning that you can either be a child of God or a child of the devil. If you're a child of the devil, Ephesians 2 or 3, I think it's 3, that functions over you. And the prince of the power of the air functions through you, sons of disobedience. So the devil is very evident in your life, full of darkness, on your way to hell. So that's, that's all that there is. Children of God, children of the devil. There's nothing in between. You can't be both. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't. So what is God saying to you and I this morning? God wants to bring us to a place where, let me tell you, it's impossible to, in your Christian life, cre to create a vacuum. If you create a vacuum and you don't fill it with Holy Spirit and the Word, something else will fill it. Is the PowerPoint not working, guys? If, you're, if you are not made in your inner being to have a vacuum, you're not made for that. If there's a vacuum in this bottle, I can, I can prove to you that any vacuum created must by nature be filled by something. Amen? Say again. It was yeah, PowerPoint, but it doesn't matter. If it doesn't come up, it's not a problem. Um, great stuff. Vacuum, guys, vacuum, vacuum, vacuum. In your spiritual life, if you create a vacuum in your spiritual life and you neglect the Word of God, you neglect prayer, you neglect praying in the Spirit, you neglect flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, if you neglect to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you get rusty. Amen? A vehicle that stands gets rusty. So that's why we must be born again, John 3. We must be baptized, Romans 6, 4, Colossians 2, 12. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit, Luke 11, 13, Acts 2, 38. So, so don't fight with me on this. Just do it because it stands in the Bible. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in other tongues. Whether you like it or not, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. And if you speak in other tongues, you'll come to a place where God will begin to use you. Because when you speak in other tongues, you pray Romans 8.26. You pray, you don't even know what you're praying. But Holy Spirit is uttering groans before God that you do not even understand. So He's praying the will of God whilst you're praying in the Spirit. Whether you have a problem, whether you have a challenge, whether God just stirs you to do it, but you fill the vacuum. And if you pray in the Spirit, you begin to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that means you sit in a restaurant and you see a person, you've got a word in your heart. So God gives you a word of wisdom. Or you'll sit, you get a word of knowledge. And you must function in that. Or in church or in Bible study, wherever, you'll feel like praying in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Someone else must interpret it. Amen. It's flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then you will find when you flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, God begins to address your character. Because you cannot flow in the, in the Spirit and your character is not in order. So immediately the Holy Spirit will begin to convict you on Galatians 5.22. And He will check out your love, your peace, your joy, your goodness, your gentleness, your meekness, your mildness, and your self-control. And then what we can do very easily to check on you is ask your husband or your wife, how well are you functioning in the gifts of the fruit of the Spirit? How much love is there? How much peace is there? How much joy is there? You see, the first thing the devil steals is joy and peace. So God wants to function through you, but the world or your circumstances steal joy and peace. That's what happens. Amen? That's the first thing that happens. So if that happens, stop. 
There's a vacuum. There's a vacuum. And something else is beginning to fill that vacuum. And it's not filled with the Word of God. It's not filled with the Spirit of God. That's why it's so important if we come to a place that we, we cannot afford. We cannot afford. It's Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit that must fill the vacuum continuously. Continuously. You must keep your soul full of Jesus Christ, full of Holy Spirit. That is so important. If you neglect your body, I can assure you, my brother and my sister, if you neglect your body, you will never get breakthrough. You will not run 100 meters in a good time. You'll not work well. If you neglect your body and you don't eat, what happens to your body? Your body can last for 40 days easily. It's made for that. Whether you're thin or whether you look like me, it will last 40 days. Amen. Some of us can go a bit longer. Amen. All depends how much insulation we have. But if you neglect your body, eventually things will start breaking down. The same in the spirit. And, and in this time that we are living in, we are really living in a time where, where God is very, very serious with giving us authority and power. He wants us really to, to our house to be cleaned and filled with Jesus Christ. Because He wants us to understand the spiritual world. He wants us to, we are spiritual beings. We are, we've got a spirit, a soul, and a body. We'll get to that in a moment. But I want to show you something in the spiritual world. In Matthew 12, verse 43 to 45, a very interesting scripture, and some of you have heard it before. I want to read it to you. Her unclean spirit can go out of you. Do you believe that? Well, six people believe it. What about the rest of you? An unclean spirit can go out of you. Do you believe that? Okay. Let's see what the Bible says. 43, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And you ask, where is that? That's the desert. Read it in Job chapter 30, I think verse 10, somewhere there. So the demons and the evil spirits, when they leave you, they go to the desert, they sit under the juniper bushes, which calls a salt bush, and they sit in the desert, a very hot place, but they don't want to go to hell because it's worse there. You see, the whole demonic world is fueled by fear and by pain. Amen? So this demon doesn't want to go. This unclean spirit doesn't want to go back to hell. That's why the unclean spirits in legion uh, uh, beg Jesus to go into the pigs, to go into the swine. They said, let us go into the swine and we'll rather drown. But we don't want to go back to hell. Please don't send us there. So what happens here, unclean spirit goes out of the man, goes to dry places, seeking rest, finds none. Then he, the unclean spirit, says, I will return to my house from where I came. You see, when unclean spirit has been in you, and you are delivered, and it's casted out, it will come and check whether the house is full or empty. Amen? So, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes he finds it empty. He finds it swept and put in order, but he finds it empty. So this happens to people. We pray for them. God delivers them completely. Practical example. I prayed for a guy not so long ago. Simple thing, smoking. He said, he said Pastor, I just want to stop smoking. I said, are you serious that you want to smoke, stop smoking? He says, yes. I prayed for him. The Lord delivered him. He vomited all over my floor. 
really delivered. He walked out there three months. Then he came back. And the Sunday, he came back and he came to me and spoke to me. He said, I was praying to him again. I, I, I smelled that he, he smelled like smoke. He started smoking again. I asked his wife, I said, how much does he smoke down now? She says, Pastor, he smokes. He's a chain smoker now. He smokes continuously. Why does he smoke continuously? Because the next verse. Then he, the evil spirit, the unclean spirit, takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. Dwell where? In the empty house. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. What am I trying to teach you? I'm trying to teach you in the spiritual world, we must really listen to the Lord. If people come to me and they come for deliverance, I say to them, great stuff, how long have you been having this problem? Oh, for seven years. I say, great stuff. I'll see you in three weeks from now. They're very upset with me. They want to be delivered now. I said, no, you've walked with for seven years. We're waiting two weeks. Three weeks. Okay? So in the third week, you will fast for seven days. You'll fast for seven days. If you want this rubbish out, you fast. You kill the flesh. So that the spirit man can live. Amen? And lo and behold, if they do that, you know, it's amazing when the people come back after three weeks and I see them and they've not fasted in that week, God tells me. I tell them, now you go home and you, another three weeks and the third week you fast. We'll continue this way or you can keep the demon. You can keep it. It's up to you. You can keep it. Because I do not want you to fall into Matthew 12. Verse 43 to 45, I don't want you to fall into a place where you do not fill your house. Where you don't fill the vacuum. You can fill the vacuum only by one thing. The Word of God, prayer, praying in the Spirit. And you say to me, Pastor, but it's, it's too much. No, it's not too much. Do you know that the Antichrist is already here? Do you know that you are into the cashless system already? Six of you say yes. You are in the cashless system already. It's called a cell phone. Tomorrow someone says there's no more RAND. There are just credits. What, what will you do? The whole world system says we have credits. So, so what do you earn? The one credit is worth what the rand is worth, and the other credit in America is worth what the dollar is worth. So the credits have different values, but you have credits. And on your cell phone, they don't call it rands anymore, they call it credits. And if you don't have the mark of the beast, you can push your phone as much as you like, you'll have no money. You can't draw cash. Hello? Do you see how far we're down the line? Have you seen, have you Googled how many tornadoes, earthquakes, floodings, tsunamis have been in the world up to now? Uh, Matthew 24, Luke 21 has happened. But Jesus said the end is not yet. Why? Because he wants the bride of Christ to arise. He wants us to wake up. He wants us to understand the spiritual world that we can understand evil spirits can go out, but evil spirits can come in as well. Let me prove it to you. There's so many examples in the Bible. But let me prove it to you. Luke 22 verse 3. Judas, Jesus says, He that puts his hand with me in the bowl, 
He's the, tra he's the traitor. So what does Jesus do? He puts his hand in the bowl. The moment he does that, Jesus tells him, go and do what you want to do quickly. And what does the Bible say? And Satan entered him. Hello? There Satan entered a physical body. And the unclean spirit goes out of a physical body. You see, we understand these things. We think we understand these things. But what God is actually saying to us, if you want to be a vessel of power, you better clean out your house. You better clean out your house. You better let go in your, sp in your soul realm the rubbish that's there. And what is in your soul area? You see, in your spirit, when you give your life to Jesus and you encounter Jesus, in your spirit is like water and water. It's like Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit fuses with your spirit and you can't separate them. Because when you die, your spirit will go to heaven and your body will die here. Amen. We'll become dust again. Amen. You create a vacuum. You must fill it again. Not by pressing the, the container, but by filling it with more water. Amen. And that goes the same in the spiritual world. That if we come to a place cleaning out house, we must ask ourselves the question. Listen, Carl, how does your physical body look like? I'm not talking about fat people, thin people, not talking about that. I like fat people. They're faithful, available, teachable. <laughs> Amen. But your physical body, the state of your physical body, ask yourself the question. Is there anything on your physical body that is demonic, that is of the dark world? I saw a lady the other day, a young lady, about 35 years old. She had tattooed around her neck, really well tattooed, I must tell you. I know nothing about tattoos, but it's really well tattooed. Like a golden chain around the neck and right here. And she had an, an, an open dress, not a low dress, just an open dress that you can see the tattoo well. She had an unk tattooed on her chest. Now, for those of you that don't know what an ankh is, you can Google it. It's an old Egyptian witchcraft symbol. It looks like a cross, but the top of the cross is round with a hole in. Amen? Now, do you understand what rubbish is she carrying on a physical body? And some of us tattoo things on in Chinese, and, and you say, my name is Carl, please tattoo it at the back of my of my, of, of my back in Chinese, and the Chinese the guy goes there and, so, and tattoos there in Chinese, loser. <laughs> and everyone asks, what is on your back? You say, Carl. And you find a little Chinese guy that says, why do you put in the back, loser? Why? You hear what I'm saying? You see, we don't know what we're doing. We go to places, we buy rings. We buy, we buy crosses. You, you can't buy a cross at any place. You can't go to Makubu's store in Mokotopong and buy a cross. You can't go to, you know, let me not mention companies' names, but you can't go to places. You take that cross in your hand and put it in your hand and say, Lord, is this from you? Is this thing cursed or not cursed? Hello? Some of us are wearing things, and you're wearing issues of darkness on you, and you don't know it. You don't know it. And it affects your life, but you have no idea. You have no idea. And then your physical house. 
And, and this teaching has gone on for millions of years. But go to your physical house and ask yourself a question. I visited a friend of me. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's, uh, he's um, uh, a professor in dentistry. I visited his house. And when I walked into his house, they invited us for dinner. When I walked into his house, there was a mask, an African mask, but one that I've not seen before. I've seen many African masks, but I've not seen this one before. But this one was on a pole. And the pole had legs at the bottom. And on the legs on the outside, it had little little figures with, with it looked like spears or things stuck into them. But when I walked into that house, when I walked into that house, before I greeted him, when I saw the mask, I said, Satan, I bound you in the name of Jesus. And he got all shocked, and it was, it was, it was closely a mess, the dinner, very closely. I said to him, take that thing and take it out the house now. I will not touch that thing. Take that thing and take it out the house now and put it outside, and tomorrow you're going to throw it away. Don't give it to your neighbor. Don't give it to your worst enemy. Because let me show you what is on this thing. Just have a look what is on this thing. Look at the symbols that is on this thing. Look on the pole itself. It's pure voodoo. And you bring this thing in your house. I said, tell me, did you sleep in the night? He said, no, we can't sleep. The dogs are barking incessantly. He says, there's something that sometimes we feel when we go down to have a snack in the middle of the night. In the kitchen, there, there is something that makes me very uneasy. It feels like there's a burglar in the house. I said, there is a burglar in the house. His name is Satan. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Hallelujah. I want to ask you the question very simply. What is in your house? Do you know what's in your house? Do you know what's in your house? Isn't it time to go from room to room and make sure that the Spirit of God convinces you that everything is clean? To go into the children's rooms and ensure that everything is clean? And husband, please take your wife's phone and check on the phone that everything is clean. And wife, take your husband's phone and check that everything is clean. And if it's not clean, throw it in the swimming pool. Let him buy a new one. Husband, check your wife's laptop. Uh, 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 vice versa. Check the laptops, the iPads. Check it. What have you been on? What have you exposed your eyes to? You see, the problem with that is we, what we don't understand is, what we don't understand is, the spiritual world is real. And the devil is alive. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy, especially Christians. And that is what God is saying to you and I. Our physical houses, our physical body, how clean is that? And how clean is that before God? What do we do with ourselves? And if, you, if you're not clean, how can God use you as a powerful vessel? And He wants to use us as a powerful vessel. Romans 8, 19 says, The whole of creation is awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. That includes the daughters of God. The whole world is waiting for you to manifest the power of God. It's true. And then I want to get to the soul area. How long do we walk with issues in our souls that's not sorted out? It's places of darkness. It may be anything. It may be from unforgiveness. As you know, unforgiveness grows into bitterness. Uh, Hebrews 5, uh, 12, 5, uh, the root of bitterness begins to form. The tree of bitterness begins to grow. After bitterness comes hatred. 
And one of the symptoms of hatred is you start ignoring people flat. You ignore them flat. So if you're at a place where you ignore people, now you're really at the stage of hatred. What is the next stage? The stage of destruction or the stage of death? You come to such a place, the people that you didn't forgive, you grew the whole line of rottenness to come to a place of bitterness, and you come to a place of hatred. You come to a place of destruction. And actually, when you see that guy, you want to demolish that guy. Is that true? Come on, don't be so holy. It's true what I'm saying to you. And even if it's quiet in your heart, when you're there, you just want to speak the most awful things in your heart over that person. And even if you walk away, perhaps you do speak it. But the, but, the, but, the, but the big problem is, if you now speak death over that person, guess to who the death comes back to? When uh, Proverbs 8.21 says, Life and death lies in the power of the tongue. He that uses it will eat the fruit thereof. If I speak life over Ryan, which I do, and over Runel, and I pray life over them in their ministry, guess what happens to them? Life comes to them. But guess what happens to me? Life comes to me because I eat the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. But if you the whole time say to your wife, she's stupid and belittle her in public. And, and I was in a situation very recently when, when I sat in a group of people and, and, and the husband spoke so, so badly to the wife. I can't believe it in a public forum. With so belittle, and say, you know, they're so stupid. I can't remember. He said, something, you're so, you know, so stupid, you know, you're something like that. And he's so belittled her. I saw a face how she was cringing in. And, in my, and my heart immediately jumped, 1 Peter 3, verse 7, that, that God says, if you don't handle your wife well, I will hinder your prayers. So now that husband goes tomorrow. That's oh Jesus, give me the contract, please. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, Jesus will not give you the contract. He will hinder the contract and give it to your enemy. Until you sort yourself out and you treat your wife like you should treat her. Do you see what small things, guys? What small things is messing us up? And with another guy I spoke, a guy that I said, my brother God really wants to use you. But he's so prideful. He's so proud. He does not want to admit his mistakes. I said to him, but this is the following issues in your life. This, 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 and this. Sort this out quickly. Otherwise, Lord is going to pass you by. He will, he will raise up someone else. And the guy is so proudful. And then that evening, I was so upset in my spirit. Because of this guy that does not want to change his ways. And he is really arrogant. And arrogant in a silent way. You know the guys that are silent? They are arrogant, but they're silent. But they're actually silent, arrogant. It's like the mother that says to the little boy, sit. She doesn't want to sit, he wants to stand. She says, sit. He doesn't want to sit. She says, sit. Oh. So he sits down. But he looks at her with very, very angry eyes. And she says, why are you looking at that? He says, Mommy, I'm sitting down, but inside I'm standing up. You hear what I'm saying? So if you come to that place, then you begin to realize. Go and read Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. The first verse that God hates is a proud look. The second thing God hates is a lying tongue. Do you know what the last thing that God hates is? Those people that sow discord amongst the brethren. 
So lo and behold, if there's someone in this body of Christ that sows discord amongst the brethren, I can tell you in the one day you can have X million rand and seven Bentleys, and the next day you have nothing. Because God hates people sowing discord amongst the brethren. And I'm not referring to any individual or anyone. I'm talking in general. But if you sow discord amongst the brethren, you are on dangerous ground. So what am I trying to say to you? It's time for us to clean out our souls. What is in your soul area that is not from God? What are you hiding? What are you hiding? Do you still have lust? You, you are married and you're 40 years old, but God knows you still have lust. You look at women. Why do you do that? Go and read Job. Job said, he said, I will make a covenant to my eyes that I will not look upon the young girls. Why are you so silent? You see, God wants to use as a mighty vessel. He, he, you are a vessel of power. You've got all authority in heaven and on earth. Is in your hands. It's in your mouth. You just need to speak it. And speak it with boldness. And that's what God wants from the church. He says to the church, arise and shine. For your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Really it's so. He really wants to raise you up. He wants to pull you out of your place. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Begin to talk to your circumstances. You say to me, Pastor, I need a job. We'll begin to speak to a job. And begin to put your CVs in. And find another mediocre job where you can begin to work at least. But put your CVs in and try for work. And speak and say, Lord, Matthew 11.24 says that if I pray and I ask for something and I receive it by prayer, then I shall have it. So you can stand up every morning and say, thank you, Lord, I have work. Do you see what I'm trying to say to you? That, that in our soul area, if you walk with, with whatever comes out of your life, whatever hurt, whatever, whatever comes out of your life, it doesn't matter what, whether you've been in occult, whether you've been in witchcraft, whether, it doesn't matter where you've been, whether it's emotional issues like unforgiveness and bitterness and stubbornness and hatred and rebellion and all that stuff, my question to you, my goodness, my brother and my sister, God wants to use you now. He wants to use you now. Today, He wants to use you. Why does He want to use you? We are His arms and legs and His mouth and tongue. And we are the power of vessel, the vessel of power that God wants to let His power flow through. That's who we are. But it's not happening. Now I'm asking my question. Now we're getting older. When we get to, to my age, you really begin to realize, hey, yet how, how many years are left? How many days are left? How many weeks are left? And one day we will stand before the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus said, but do you remember the 13th of October? Today, 13th? 13th? Do you remember the 13th of October when Carl Barron spoke to you about a vessel of power? Do you remember that day? you remember what he said? He said to you all that you need to do. He said to you, clean out your soul and give all your rubbish to me. Give all your burdens to me. Matthew 11. If you are weak, the Lord says, come to the fountain of living waters. The Lord says, give your burdens to me and sort it out. And you know, some of these things are just decisions that we need to take. Because if you, if you walk with unforgiveness, as a simple example, if you walk with unforgiveness, it walks with you. It's you that don't forgive. The other person walks around 
he is not even aware that you have not forgiven him, him or her. Is that true? So you walk with the baggage. You walk with the rubbish. We walk with the dark areas. And if we walk with the dark areas, the Spirit of God cannot flow through you because the Lord will not use a stubborn person. The Lord will not use a person with rebellion in his heart. God hates rebellion. He says rebellion is as witchcraft. Stubbornness is as idolatry. It's just as good you serve an idol. God will not use you. God will not use you. So in your soul area, ask yourself the question. Listen, you can be born again. You can be water baptized. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can speak in tongues, flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you can still have a demon or an unclean spirit in your soul area. Some of us walk with anger. As I, as I stand here, I'm aware that some of you sit here, you walk with anger. But the anger has a reason. It comes from somewhere. Now, why don't you go and take that somewhere and throw it out? Then it'll stop. Hello? You go to the root of the problem. And you throw it out. You say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. And you go to the pastors or the leaders and you say, please pray for me. Deliver me. Deliver me from this demon, this spirit of anger. Or you are fearful. Fear is a spirit. Where did fear come in? Fear came in somewhere. From your birth to now, fear came in somewhere. Do you want to continue living with the spirit of fear? No, the Bible says God has given us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Love, power, and a sound mind. Hello? Are you still with me, guys? So what is the Lord saying to you? If you want to be a vessel of power and useful in His hands, clean out your soul area. Clean out your physical house. Check your body. I'm not saying everyone must get fit. I'm trying, but it's not working very well. I'm walking. I'm really walking. But I said, you must, you must disappear. You, 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 you. And then I walk and I come back home and I, I eat the ice cream. And Maria says, what are you doing? I said, ish, the, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. You see, God is so serious. He's, he, he, he so loves us. He, he gave us everything. That's why Jesus is sitting at the right inside of the Father. He's really sitting down. So, so who, will, who will change the world? You and I. We must change the world. And that's what God is saying. If you want to be a vessel of power, you must come to a place where you, where you have a clean house. Look at your physical body. Now, many of you don't have issues with that, but... Next thing is your soul area. Check out your soul area. Ask the people around you. Ask your husband. Ask your wife. Ask your girlfriend. Ask your family. What is there in me that should not be there? What do you see? They say impatience. Where does the impatience come from? Hello? Where does it come from? I, I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. But I want to say to you, get rid of it. That's why there are pastors and leaders in this body of Christ. You go to them. You say, deliver me from the devil. And, the, and, and, and that guy, I hope these pastors will do it and not run away. One of my pastors ran away. They said, no, 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 go to Pastor Carl. Go to Pastor Carl. I said, no, you do it, my brother. You, you, you do it. You've got full authority. Amen. I love you so much, but God is saying, vessel of power. 
today, tomorrow, the rest of the week, the rest of your life. The next thing I want to speak to you about is if your soul area is messed up, you know what your soul area messes up? It messes up your mind. Because if you don't forgive here, it's in your head the whole time. If, if, if you're in pornography in the evening when your wife is sleeping and you slip to the laptop or the cell phone and you're on pornography, you are in trouble. Because every time you want to be intimate with your wife, you compare her to that funny thing you saw on that device. Don't be so silent. Just say, forgive me, Jesus. You see, that's the problem. So the enemy sneaks in, and now he sneaks in with this other image that you've seen of these other women. And that image sneaks in. So now you come to the work situation, and, and, there is, and then the devil sets up another woman in the work situation that, is that, 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 that likes your fancy or fancy or like or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and guess what? Something begins. You look at her, you talk to her, but you don't understand you are slipping down James 5 because the beginning of sin will bring death. And you will, you will slowly but surely get involved. Amen? Slowly but surely, you'll get involved. And you walk past her and you'll touch her somewhere that you should not touch her. And she smiles. And then it's gone. If you got to that point, bye-bye, Fiobrud, bye-bye, bye-bye. Then the guys come to me and say, oh, pastor, oh, pastor, pastor, I fell into adultery last night. Please, pastor, I'm so sorry. I said, pastor, it just happened, it just happened. I said, jy lieg, man, hierdie dan kom van a lang tijd af. Hello? You're lying, this thing comes from, it, it, this thing comes from a long way off. So don't tell me it happened yesterday, didn't. You see, but what the enemy wants to do, he wants to steal from you your confidence. Your confidence in God. That's what he wants to steal. He wants to steal your boldness. He wants to steal your, your, your guiltlessness before the Lord. He wants to steal your freedom. So what is, what, what is wrong in your inner soul that you've not given to the Lord will mess up your mind and will occupy your mind and you will think about it the whole time. That's the problem. It keeps you busy. When you read the Bible, you don't feel like reading the Bible. If you're super religious, you'll read a little bit of the Bible, you'll leave it. But you'll battle to pray. You'll battle to pray in the Spirit because you don't feel like it. Because this guy has, has, has done this thing to you and, and you're upset with this guy and you're offended and whatever the case may be. Or your dad did something to you, or your mother did something to you, whatever the case may be, and you're offended with them. You don't forgive them. You had a hard dad and difficult dad, all that stuff and whatever, or no dad at all. And it messes up because you have it in your soul area and you don't let it go. You know what happens? It messes your mind. It messes with your thoughts. And what it actually does, it creates an opening for the devil. Now the devil shoots arrows. Linked and in line with the rubbish in your soul area, the devil keeps on shooting the same arrows into your mind. You know about fiery darts? What's the answer for fiery darts? The shield of faith. But now you don't have any faith because you're so upset with people, you don't even think of Ephesians 6. You don't even think of 2 Corinthians 10. What our weapons of spiritual warfare really is, you don't even think of that. 
And now you don't understand why your marriage is a mess. You don't understand why things are not going well at work. You don't understand why relationships are messed up. You don't understand why you get into relationships and fall out of relationships. You can't understand you fall into love. I, I don't know how you fall into love and then you fall out of love. They say fall in love and out of love. I don't understand that. I fell into love and I'm still deep in there. Amen. My wife would have been here today, but when we woke up this morning, there was no water. No water. So this pasta is clean, but God knows. He had to go to his neighbor's swimming pool and borrow water there, and I, I like washed right there. What must I do? And I carried some water in, and I shaved in cold water. I felt like it in the days of the army, I'm back again. You know, washing, I was very wide awake, very, very, very wide awake after I washed. Amen? And my poor wife, she said, my darling, you know, I put shampoo on, and I put conditioner on, and then I put this polyfiller on, and that. And that. <laughs> I said, my lovey, I said, they will understand. They will understand. Um, I just want to give you the good news. My wife is so much better. So much better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The last thing I want to touch is, you see, you must guard, you must guard, you must guard. You see, in your soul area, let me tell you this quickly on your soul area. 1 Corinthians 2 says, the spirit of the man in the man knows the man. The spirit of the man in the man knows the man. So you cannot sit here today and tell me, Pastor Carl, I don't know what's wrong with me. You do know. Just take a piece of paper and write it down. That's all. And then after you've written that down, renounce that rubbish. And forgive the people. If you can phone them, phone them. Tell them. You can swear beforehand, but phone them. And forgive them. And set them free. And bless them. Listen. Forgive them. Set them free. And bless them. That's what humans do. That's, that's good forgiveness. Don't forgive them and take it back. Forgive them. Set them free in the name of Jesus. Off you in the, in the name of Jesus. And you bless them in the name of Jesus. You see, who I bless, when I was hijacked, I, I was so upset with those people. I, was, I went through such a difficult time. And then the Lord said to me, forgive them. I, I battled with that. Until my wife woke up one morning and said, the Lord said you must forgive those people. I said, I know that. You spoke to me long ago. You, you're, you're slow in hearing. <laughs> and then one morning I stood. It's on tape. It's on video. You can go and check it at the church. One morning I stood. Before I started preaching, I could not preach. I could not preach. And the following words came out of my mouth and said, guys, you don't know, but I've been hijacked. And all those guys that hijacked me, I forgive them in the name of Jesus Christ. I set them free in the name of Jesus. I set them free, and I bless them in the name of Jesus. You see why, why, why I wanted, didn't want to do it? Because if I bless you, you are blessed. Do you know that? You are truly blessed if I bless you. And when that's through... There was such a peace on me, and I preached a sermon completely different from the sermon in front of me. And it was such an anointed time. So God needs vessels of power, but He needs us clean, soul clean, mind clean, 
not affected by rubbish. Last one, the tongue. James 3, the tongue sets hell on fire. The tongue is like a, a rudder of a big, big boat. It steers the boat. The tongue can speak life, but it can speak death. The life can, that your tongue really speaks life, not death. And if you ask yourself the question, if your mind and in your soul area there's rubbish and your mind is full of carnal thinking and, and fleshly thinking, but you're not thinking, you're not renewing your mind according to the Word of God. It's just carnal thinking, fleshly thinking, working, working, standing up, sleeping, coming home, hopefully swimming in. You don't swim here, but it's not cold. They end up there with us, we even swim. You know, now, I don't have a swimming pool. I was going to someone else to go and swim there. Uh, praise God. But, hallelujah, where, where, where am I going? Where am I going? What am I saying? The bottom line is God wants us just as a powerful vessel. Clean. That's what He wants. Clean. Squin. Clean. I forgot the closer word for clean. Clean. And that's what He wants. He wants our tongues. If you can't say something good, shut up. If you can't say something good... If your mind says, you see, here, here comes the big thing of gossip. If you read Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 16, if you read that, you'll find a terrible thing. you find that God hates lying so much, He mentions it twice in Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. First one is a proud look. Second one is a lying tongue. And then further on, I think the third or the fourth one is he that speaks false witness. Again, lying. God doesn't like that. That's why slander and gossip is such a bad thing. Because if you slander and gossip someone, you assassinate the person's character. You are a murderer. You assassinate someone's character. So God made them well, and they're battling to get out of it. And they're also Christians, and they've got their own battles to fight. What do you do? You gossip and you slander. You assassinate their character. And you actually commit murder because you speak death over them. But lo and behold, the fruit thereof you will eat. Guys, I love you, but I must speak the truth to you. Because God is at the place of the body of Christ. And our time is up. God is really at the place of the body of Christ where God wants us to understand something very, very well. 2 Corinthians 7 verse 1 tells it all. You know the scripture. Please put it up. Please read it carefully with me. Therefore, Paul speaking, having these promises, what promises? Guys, these are all the promises God has given you. All the promises in the New Testament. They are all there. And God's promises is yes and amen. And if anyone sits here today and there's a promise not true over your life, ask yourself why. So there he says, beloved, let us, what does he say? Who must do it? Let us do what? Cleanse ourselves. What must we do? Cleanse ourselves. From what? From some filthiness. All filthiness of both flesh and spirit. Why? Now we perfect holiness in the fear of God. And if you've done that, you've perfected holiness in the fear of God, the moment God says you've perfected holiness in the fear of Him and the fear of His Word, what does He do with you? He entrusts you with Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit flows through you. 
I don't care where you are at. I don't care if you're supplied and if you're doctor's gratis. I don't care. But God will flow through with, your, with His Spirit if you do that. And I very recently went to another pastor and I said to him, you know what? Really, really, I've been so upset by this and this and this. I really want to repent it before you. James 5.16. I want to repent. And there was a guy that so upset me that I spoke against him. And I said, I said, I said, I said God, you know this guy. But I should not do that. Is that true? You know what happened? I went to that guy. And I repented. I said, Lord, forgive me. Lord, set me free. I said, hey, broer, if you must pray deliverance, I don't want it. I, I want nothing of the devil in me. Nothing. I want no unclean spirit. Nothing. I don't want that. Because it hinders the work of God in my life. Just when I must go and minister, the devil reminds me and I feel guilty. Ah, you said that about that guy. Now you want to pray for this hour. And immediately I stop. You see, the devil stops us. The devil stops you. And I prayed and I repented and, 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 and he thought he must deliver you yeah, and he delivered me and I said, yeah, devil, food sack, bye-bye, gone, goodbye. And then something terrifically happened. He said, now you must pray for me. I said, what have you done? His stuff was worse than mine. <laughs> and I prayed for him and I delivered him and we, we walked out clean. We walked out clean, but, but, but since that day, and that was literally three weeks ago, since that day, God started speaking to me again about, he said, Carl, you are in control. You must understand this. You've got all power and authority in heaven and on earth. You are my representative of earth. You are my vessel of power. But you must clean out your house and keep it clean, and do not allow any vacuum in your spirit. Fill it with my spirit. Fill it with my word. Stay full with me, and I will use you mightily. And that's where we are. In conclusion, I simply want to say, there's so many scriptures in the Word of God that says, you know, there's some slides there. I'm not sure where you can go to those slides quickly. Um, of artifacts and masks and Buddhas and jewelry and symbols and rubbish in your house. Can you find that quickly? Guys, there's just a few things that you can look at. They are, there are many on Google. Go and Google uh, what a Christian should not have in his house. Buddhas, there are yoga mats, there are ch uh, 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 chakra crystals, Hindu statues. Did you know that's a Hindu statue? Do, do you know how evil this thing is? You've got no idea how powerful this hoho is. This hoho is powerful. Ne the next slide, please. Lucky oils. Yes, they're very unlucky. There are all the symbols. Look at all the symbols. There are many of them. Just Google it. So you get children that wear some of the stuff children wear. There's the unk in the middle. There, up there. Right in the middle. There's the unk. That's how it looks. Children wear this broken cross, the peace sign. You know the peace sign? 1970. The hippies, there's no peace sign. I can tell you. The horoscopes, rubbish, sangoma, muti, whatever things. So if you want to read the horoscope, please do not read the horoscope. That's what it means, horror scope. It gives you a scope of horror because it's all lies. 
And please don't read it in, in, in the magazines, the drum and the huis de moon. I call the huis genoot, the huis de moon. So, you know, don't read that rubbish. Because every single, every single, not every single, but many, many, I'm finishing off now. Many, many magazines, what do they do? They gossip. They bring you bad news and they gossip. Show me a magazine that does not gossip and bring you bad news. That's what sells a magazine. And they gossip about people that you don't even know. And they all live there in America. You don't even know them, but they gossip about them. Amen? Guys, we don't want to be there. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Amen? That's what the Bible tells you. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? And look at it. Put on the whole armor of God. Do that every day. Be self-controlled. Resist the devil. He will free from you. Stand in faith. Resist the devil. Resist him. Resist him. Resist him. He will flee from you. And go and stand on the word of God that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And no tongue that is risen up against you will have any effect on you because it's your inheritance. It's your heritage as a righteous saint of God. And go back to the Bible and put on the full armor of God. And say, so I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Because that's who you are. And finally, be thanks and give thanks to God that gives us victory in Christ Jesus. Let me end off with this. Please put this on, guys. A clean house brings freedom. Can you go there quickly? A clean house brings freedom. Clean thoughts bring peace. You're listening to me? I'm ending off. There it goes. There they are. Clean house, freedom. Clean thoughts, peace. Clean mind, joy. Clean words, lack of self-control. And some of you need that. Clean attitudes, love. Hello. Have a clean day, every day. So I wake up in the morning, my wife and I, we remind one another when we say goodbye to one another. She says, have a clean day. I said, amen, have a clean day, every day. Now our, our helper is asking us, but, well, what are you saying, have a clean day? Am I not cleaning the house good enough? I said, no, 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 Maria, no, 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 no. We're just saying we'll have a clean day, clean in our thoughts, in our words. And our, ah, she says, ah, she loves it very much. Now she says it in her language, but it is just amazing. So I want to encourage you today. Time is up. I want to encourage you to take a decision today. That's what you need to do. If you want to change, you need to take a decision. And I just sense in my heart that I thought we're going to do deliverance, but it's, 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 I don't think it's going to work. But what is going to work is your decision that you're going to really turn around from where you are now. That you'll say to the Lord, Lord, my soul area, I want it clean and do something about it. Lord, my mind area, some of you that sit here, you've got battlefields in your minds. You are, your mind is on, on the go million miles per hour. And it's hindering you. And you can't think new thoughts, and neither can you hear the voice of God. You battle to hear the voice of God because your mind is so going and influence by your soul area. And some of you must please stop talking nonsense. Love you. Please. 
Even if you're upset, keep quiet. If you're upset, kick the neighbor's cat. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm just joking. Don't do that. But please don't say things that you'll regret. Because you never know where it comes back to. God may be, may be very gracious to you and misses you. But it goes to your children. Hello. Watch it. God is a God of three generations. So let's not fool with him. So I really want to pray a very simple prayer over you today. That you will make a decision to clean out house and to be a powerful vessel in God's hands. That's what I want to pray. Is that fine? Will you stand with me? Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Will you put out your hands like this as if you're receiving something? Just put your hands out like this as you're receiving something. I hope you receive it. Pray with me this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you with a serious heart. Lord, I pray that I will from today not open myself for anything of the enemy. Father, I pray that you will help me change. Lord, clean out my soul area. Lord, clean out my mind. Lord, clean out my tongue. And Father, I pray that from this day, you'll set me free and I will be a vessel of power in your hands in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. I thank you, Lord. So it shall be. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a praise offering, shall you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.